got some questions. Go to go! You're feeling stressed, man. Go to go! Put on your GPS and go to go! I'm dirt of dirt, something is glistening. Download and listen to Tia, Katie, Chris, and Houston. You should go to go! Well, uh, welcome back to the Go Dig a Hole podcast, Paulina. It's it's good to have you back. Um, yeah. I think it's it's been a hot minute. We last time you were on, we were talking about the uh, the open context projects that you're working on. Um, how's that been going? Yeah, um, they've been going really well uh, since our our last talk. Uh, the calculating your data with spreadsheets in R um, is now like an officially published um, data story on. Um, the Alexandria Archive Institute. We also have um, a second one called Gabbing About Gebby, which is about turning like uh, scanned notes into like tables and that sort of stuff. So teaching some very basic sort of data entry and data structures to um, new archeologists. Um, and uh, we're actually uh, testing, we just finished testing one in October called um, it's all in the wrist bones, which is based on a data set of Oracle bones from China. And cool. they were all like arch ink, like data driven arch ink themes. And then this month for um, kind of to support folks who are doing uh, our Grimo, um, we're posting like one word prompts and like inspiration for the day. Um, and that's our 30 days to an article uh, data story that we're working on. So, Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Um, but Actually, that was one of the reasons why, um, you know, I was in like another meeting and um, I think someone had mentioned the like, oh, what are we going to do about Twitter? And then I'm like, oh, wait, as like a member of an institution, you're we like, wait, actually, what are we going to do about Twitter? Yeah. So, yeah, which is why I was like, oh, it'll be a really cool thing to chat with some other archaeologists who are kind of, you know, representing this whole outreach game. Like, what is there consensus? Is there like... A mass exodus. I don't know. I've been seeing people post a lot about Mastodon, but it seems like everybody hates it. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess for any of the listeners who are not like terminally online, like we are, um, you know, uh, Elon Musk recently purchased Twitter for forty-four billion dollars oh as God. a joke that he ended up getting sued into honoring the contract. Um, and so it, it's had a lot of people leaving that social media platform for a variety of reasons. Um, and not just the users, they've had a lot of employees leaving, like what 75% got fired. And then just in the past couple of days, they've had uh, basically their entire C-suite and all of their upper management um, and their entire communications department has left. Um, oh my gosh. Just resigned. And so, uh, you know, the, the whole format for the platform has changed from kind of this, this centralized, um, you know, like social media platform to a pay to play platform where, you know, Musk is trying to get his money back and, you know, he's selling the verification for $8. And, um, you know, it sounds like his direction now is to move towards, um, if you are, not a subscriber to Twitter, then your tweets don't get seen. And so, you know, it just gets filtered out. And so that has huge ramifications for people like you and me, um, you know, where we work with, you know, outreach, educa education and advocacy. And 
you know, if the algorithm is filtering out all of our content, then what's the point of creating it? Yeah, exactly. And then also as like, uh, as people who are interested in doing advocacy and maybe a little bit more on the, uh, the uh, left-leaning side, the idea that I have to pay to play advocacy seems a little ironic. Like, you know, <laughs> yes. no, 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 what, no legal consumption or no ethical consumption under capitalism. There's no real right. advocacy if I have to pay a billionaire to do that work. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's it's yeah, it's a little not a little. It's very disconcerting, but it's also um, I've seen more and more folks say, you know, I'm not gonna let this guy you know dictate my advocacy like as long as it's free i want to keep using this platform too so it's been an interesting um interesting uh full weeks actually with this with this all happening um because you know i think folks had already started talking about this like a year ago when he was like entertaining the idea yeah i know it's actually happened and don't know what to do yeah, I don't either. I I feel like I'm I'm in the same boat. Um I'm kind of just taking a wait and see approach like I don't know. Um but also I haven't been super active on it as of as of late. So I feel like I have maybe less at stake. Um but I'm also kind of like me personally at this point where I'm I don't know like reevaluating my relationship to social media. Yeah. Um yeah. So it's, it's kind of weird for all of this to be happening while I'm like also trying to figure out like, how do I want to use social media? And a lot of decisions are being made for me by the change of ownership in Twitter. So I'm like, well, okay, I guess I don't really have as many options on how I use Twitter anymore. Yeah. Um, I think that's also something that I've been kind of facing is that as an individual, I haven't really been tweeting very much. I've been, you know, retweeting important things or tweeting on behalf of like my job stuff. So if, mm -hmm. if folks scroll through my timeline, it's all like retweeting folks's uh, like coffee pages and like my, my job <laughs> stuff, but it's a lot less me on there. Um, just because I think uh, kind of, partially because of the pandemic, just like wanting to have move back to like authentic connections. And yeah. that for me is very much more, more intimate interactions on, on either other social media platforms or really cultivating my kind of in-person relationships, you know, the people who like live within walking distance of me yeah. um, rather than, than, you know, um, not that like, you know, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have gotten my job. Like, you know, Twitter has been amazing for a lot of those like, long distance networking connections. Um, but yeah, in the last few years, just all of them that I used to kind of enjoy have become so filled either with like ads or a lack of usability that I don't really use them very much, honestly. Yeah, I totally agree. Like most of the archaeologists I know, I think I've met through Twitter, uh, you included. And just the way that uh, Twitter was you know for a certain time and place in like a so uh, like an online community um it was great it was it was a pretty useful uh tool for you know like going to conferences people would live tweet conferences um and it was you know very useful for that uh, it was useful for tweet ups at conferences you know meeting other oh, yeah. people yeah um those are great and 
I, I feel like the the platform itself in terms of like, you know, you hit the nail right on the head, like the usability has just diminished so much over the past couple of years to the point now where, um, you know, I, I really wonder if it is a useful um, like outreach tool anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, one thing that I've discussed with my coworkers is actually moving towards more like a newsletter format for, for mm. some of our, um, our, some of our work, because it's, it, it's opt in rather than kind of deluge. Um, but we can control it a lot more by, you know, putting, putting stuff out there and it's, it's more direct. We don't just hope someone sees it. They'll like, you know, then again, you run up against the problem of everyone has a newsletter now. Um, yeah. But there, there is something that um, I've actually started engaging, I think, a little bit more with, like, when I subscribe to a newsletter, I'm like, oh, wait, you know, I chose to do this. I actually do want to read this. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just sort of uh, doom scrolling through, like, a bunch <laughs> of stuff I don't really care about. So. Yeah. Um, so... Aside from Twitter, what are, you know, you mentioned newsletters. Um, is there a platform that you're using for a newsletter? I've seen some people use like Substack. Yeah, I've seen some people use Substack. Um, I, I'm not very familiar with it besides like the fact that it exists. Um, and yeah, we haven't, we haven't actually pivoted to that yet, but we're, we're kind of looking at it as an option because um, we also had um, a discussion about like, Facebook actually um, as a, that's definitely not a place where I, I have ever really interacted with archeologists, but uh -huh. I know that that's where a lot of archeologists are um, and where a lot of people are. And it's been kind of odd to think about like, it's not any less of an evil, but people are still on there. Um, so it's, it's kind of bizarre. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I think some people have used like, like MailChimp for stuff like that, or Patreon mm. has, I think, some newsletter functionality. Um, and Coffee, I think, also has some newsletter functionality if you have the monthly subscriptions thing. Oh, cool. Um, but I think both of the, both Coffee and Patreon, you actually have to set up uh, the like payment style platforms, which aren't necessarily always what we're looking for either. Like, um, like uh, the nonprofit I work yeah, we're a nonprofit. Um, doesn't <laughs> um, doesn't like it. It would be silly for people to, have to like subscribe to pay each month to get our to get our newsletter or whatever. Um, yeah. So thinking about just you know some way that even if it's just uh, we were joking about it, it's just like old school listservs, but that actually isn't the the heated debates that start via reply all on listservs oh have God. not gone away. Like they they still exist, <laughs> and it's. It's it's always kind of fascinating to um, actually when someone replies to the listserv instead of an individual. Like there's a little bit of like you really see that person come through when that happens. Like it's very much like someone stands up in an auditorium, yells something, and it's yes. both, like very. It's so it's really so human. Like yeah. Like I like it's terrible because sometimes I'm like I didn't need to see that. The other thousand people on the list didn't need to see that. But another yeah. part of me is like it's so human it's so yeah. human like <laughs> just i love uh, stuff like that like when somebody just starts spamming the listserv with their like really really hot opinion on something mm -hmm. i'm like yeah sure lay it all out that's fine yeah yeah exactly i'll just keep deleting these emails but like as i see them <laughs> this is great like yeah yeah it's just <laughs> 
it's it's um it's really reminiscent actually of um so uh i for my dissertation research i do um like historical uh document research and i remember coming through some stuff uh, going through some stuff that's in the like official government archive and there's literally a telegram from one guy telling another telling like literally in this telegram telling another adult male that i thought i was uh like interacting with adults not babies and i'm like <laughs> this is a like this is government record and a telegram like you telegrammed to tell someone that they were unprofessional and called them like a baby and this is now government <laughs> record spicy yeah and it's just i feel like you know like listservs capture that little bit of like kind of old school sass in some ways that i i think is actually kind of fun yeah um, and they don't require a lot. They don't require a lot. I think that's one thing that I also like about possibly using a list server newsletter is that, you know, sometimes signing up for like old school, like archaeology list serves is like you go onto like a DOS looking page and like enter in your, your email address and hit submit and you hope it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very clunky. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And there's no real way to troubleshoot it if it doesn't. Exactly. And it's really, really, um, I don't know, they're, they're kind of fun in a certain way. It brings me back to like times before I was really on the internet, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. The DOS prompt, like to start yeah. up Moonlander or whatever game you were going to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, I'm just kind of thinking a lot about like social media and these big, big companies recently about whether they actually do what they promise, which I don't think is really the case. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Artie wants right now. No, that's fine. I just, I like seeing this dog like lingering in your, in your back, your back screen. Just, hey. He's behind me and fussing at me. I don't know. You know what? I know exactly what it is. It's, we're what like a week into daylight savings time oh we are yeah and daylight savings time does not exist to dogs and no it's yeah, oh, I know. yeah. it's dinner time yeah but it's not dinner time because dinner time's in an hour isn't it yeah <laughs> it's like this is bullshit time's imaginary feed me now yeah yeah oh Artie, you can lay down you can lay down yeah um, actually, I saw in in the the Google Doc for this, um, you you have LinkedIn posted, and I actually was going to ask you about that because oh yeah um, yeah I I know I don't I don't normally check LinkedIn, but I I went on there today just kind of reviewing like where am I actually social media wise, um, and it was interesting because I think. I am like networked to you and a few other archaeologists. Uh -huh. And it was interesting. I was like, there are, this is not quite as dead as I might've thought it would be as far as a social media thing. It is kind of odd, but um, yeah. What, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on LinkedIn as a social media platform? Like, Yeah. Um, LinkedIn. I think there's different ways that people engage with LinkedIn. Um, some people use it as kind of a like dynamic resume um, and to try and like find jobs. There's it's, it's been pretty good. It's, it's similar to like indeed and stuff like that in terms of being able to apply directly to a job and like upload your resume directly through your profile. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of like job hunting and kind of networking for job hunting, I think it's pretty useful on that level. 
But I also see some people just replicate their Facebook experience where they'll just spam it with some kind of like motivational meme Mm -hmm. or, you know, like something like that. Um, It's really cheesy and I hate it. And I unfollow anybody who does that. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, uh, but for, for me and my day to day, um, you know, I, I use it for like my, my role at a cultural resource management firm is um, to find uh, new projects for the archaeologists to work on and and link with um, clients and you know just try and win new work for the the archaeologists to keep working and mm-hmm. um, so that's where LinkedIn comes in is like I do a lot of kind of research on uh, what roles people are in and if they're a decision maker on you know potentially a project like I'll hear through the grapevine that uh, like a large a large broadband project is is being approved in like the state of Washington and then I'll kind of go through like okay who are the usual suspects it's probably an engineering firm that works on you know a lot of broadband projects so then I'll start you know searching through these companies and try and find you know who are the likely culprits that are like working on this and I'll reach out to them and be like if you're working on this let's talk if not point me in the right direction please and so that's kind of how I use LinkedIn in my day to day. And a lot of times people share a lot, like, you know, they like to promote their, their successes and, um, you know, the kinds of projects they're working on. And so it makes it pretty easy for me to like, just get like client networking kind of information out of it. Um, yeah. yeah. But it, it used to suck. Like in yeah. 2010, I remember like, in 2010, I think I started to like use LinkedIn and I hated it so much. And, um, you know, it was pretty dead and it was all just people like saying like a lot of corporate buzzwords and like hustle culture, like grind culture kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what I like is that I think there's been a, a huge tone shift, you know, in like every industry away from like grind culture and so like that whole kind of thing is going away. It's, it's nice that it's not like just endless grind culture memes. Um, that's <laughs> so nice. happy that's over. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot oh more God. like, you know, uh, reposting uh, people who are in like high positions of leadership that are saying something like very, very human and vulnerable about like, you know, protecting your quality of life and stuff like that. I see a lot of people in, in my like network on LinkedIn reposting stuff like that. So some of that's like, you know, like, um, uh, I don't know the right word for it. Like it's just feel good content. Um, and then others is like, you know, Hey, here's, here's like a cool thing I'm working on. Check it out. And, uh, so I like stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to only go on there when like I need to update a, a job thing, which I haven't had to for a little bit, um, or like when like former employees which wish me happy birthday or something, which is so yeah. bizarre. But like it's weird, <laughs> it's weird, but it's also sometimes like oh hey, like you know you they they remember that they actually worked with you, and you know particularly in in archaeology, you know the reason I have my my job now is because of you know personal human connections like that, mm-hmm. that, you know, might've been built on the internet, but then were re, uh, were reinforced through, um, in, in person, in person meetings and just cold emailing or tweeting at or DMing people. So it's, um, 
it's it, it they're not completely unimportant i guess is kind of how yeah. i would explore it yeah yeah when we were chatting about you know this this topic you had mentioned that you um you still use facebook um and i thought that was interesting how you used it could you kind of go into detail on you know how how you're using facebook and you know what you're getting out of it yeah so um i decided a few years ago that i didn't want to use facebook in the way that it is built um so i unfriended everyone every single person <laughs> that i am friends with on facebook i have no i literally have zero friends i went through and had to like un literally unfriend everybody individually um and i only like i like or follow local businesses um and so my feed is really bizarre because it's a lot of promoted material from like random stuff so a lot of like five minute crafts videos so i think my eyes get stuck <laughs> on those and they're like oh, you look for more than a second and so they they pop up more, but it's a lot of like local, like local breweries, local restaurants. Um, and, but I still have like my page there. And so um, I, for a while was posting like um, articles I'd written for women write about comics. Um, and people still have the ability to like message me on there. Um, but like I took down all my, most of my photos unless someone's tagged me and people can like follow my page, but not be my friend. Um, which is really bizarre, but yeah, yeah, I, I, um, I, so like if I wanted to like follow an archeology span group, I could, um, I could still like message family members if I need to, cause that's the primary way that like, I guess sort of family exists digitally now is weirdly through Facebook. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I just, I basically use it as a newspaper. So like, uh, uh, local places will post their like like Monday trivia night or whatever, and that's where I see it is on there. Um, but uh, even more of those businesses are moving towards using Instagram for that. So I'm like, uh, do I have to learn the Instagram now? <laughs> like, do I have to just to like know what's happening down the street? Because yeah, but yeah, basically I use Facebook as a newspaper, which seems super bizarre, but it, it works for me. Like, I don't feel quite as like, oh my God, the world is terrible when I go on there anymore. Um, I just get to know like, oh, the local ex-local business is like having a sale or having a pop-up bakery event or like this show is looking for auditions. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's not what it's for, but it works for me. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's just, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a super bizarre, but yeah, I don't have to see, like, I, like every, like, I remember uh, during the last few elections, folks have always been like, oh, I had to unfriend this person from high school or this family member. And I'm like, I don't see any of it. I just don't. <laughs> I just know that like, like the brewery down the street is having like an election day special or something like, you know, dollar off if you wear your I voted sticker. Like, yeah. it's a very different, um, different uh view of stuff um and it, it's actually made me wonder if maybe i should like just subscribe to a newspaper um but like i don't think i could actually do that it just no. it's a little, little too old for me yeah same like, uh yeah. that's interesting because like yeah. i i started to use facebook less and less mm -hmm. around like 2016 during the yeah. election cycle you know it was like you were describing like I had to, you know, pe people started to show you who they really were on Facebook and I had to unfriend quite a few people. And then by the time the pandemic hit in 2020, uh, 
I just had to like stop altogether for my own mental health. Like I found myself like doom scrolling and like looking at people, you know, just like really having a rough time with uh, coping with the pandemic and, you know, processing all of that. And so I was just like, eh, I'm just not going to use it anymore. So I go on whenever there's a new go dig a hole episode yeah. and I go straight to the go dig a hole Facebook page, <laughs> post the episode and then get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was like that for a while with my like Aikido dojo is like, I am on here to repost this little like these four photos from us, like doing like at a distance Aikido work. And then I'm shutting this down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it, it like it works for me. And um, but yeah, it just I don't know. I'm just not I'm not feeling very like that sort of always on everyone sees everything even if your settings are high kind of mm -hmm. social media is just not really what i want anymore i don't think um except for basically like sort of advocacy work or 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 that sort of thing um or like educational and outreach um so i think you know i spend a lot more time on discord um feels very much like returning to like my aim days with slightly yeah. more slightly larger groups for things um or uh i think i was more like a hotmail messenger person honestly um but <laughs> that's that's fine um yeah it's just been kind of i don't know i i i'm i read a lot about technology for for my job and just for my interests and i've been kind of trying to make technology do what i want it to do rather than having me conform to the tech so my my use of Facebook is very much like this is not how this is meant to be used, but it's going to be how I'm going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> that's really clever. I, I mean that that's fitting because that's you know the that's what you're doing in in your day job is is really pushing the boundaries of you know how to use technology, how to use various platforms, um, kind of forging your own path. Um, that's really neat, um, and I, I'm with you too on like I spend in terms of my social media time. I spend most of my time on discord and what I like about it is like the, at least the servers that I'm on and that I use the most, um, it tends to be either people I know personally or like friends of friends or people that I just have like, you know, like a, a pretty decent, like online relationship with. And so it's like a group of people who have coalesced around, you know, various topics. And so, it tends to be fairly focused conversations on themes and, you know, then you break down the, the servers into, you know, specific channels for themes. So it doesn't all get lost in the scroll. Um, and like, what I really like about it the most is like with the people who are on these servers, like, you know, you can trust that they're engaging with you in good faith and that they're, they're like sharing knowledge, sharing skills, you know, and, and whatnot. And it's not going to be some stranger that is going to, you know, take whatever you're you're saying out of context, in bad faith, explain your own jokes to you poorly, you know, like stuff like that. And so, like, it's uh, it's it's not a stressful platform for me to use. It's it's like actually pretty productive. And I feel like, you know, during the pandemic, um, during the early days of the pandemic, we were. But like I started to get really into it and uh, it was like, <clears throat> it, 
it was, it was a good way for us to stay in touch, you know, like with friends to stay in touch. Um, and so like, I feel like it's kind of brought our friends closer, um, you know, through like a remote way. And now that, you know, we're able to engage with people face to face, you know, a little more safely, um, we still use discord just as much uh, and it's stuff like organizing our in-person D and D and like yeah. our in-person D and D thing. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. We'll be sitting around a table playing D and D and you know, we'll, we'll be checking like our, our D and D beyond character sheets on either a laptop or a phone. And we also have discord pulled up and we're like just dropping, you know, gifts and memes and stuff yep. into, into yep. the chat, just trying to make each other laugh while we're playing. Oh yeah, so no. Um, yeah, we have uh yeah D D and D and Discord. I think like that's the four Ds or whatever. Um, <laughs> just like yeah, no, our same exact same thing with my in person group uh, mm-hmm. or one of my main in person groups. Like we we've been coordinating like a D and D camping trip all via Discord because like um, <laughs> because like some of us don't get group text, so like Discord's the only way that you can have like a multi group message, and you know it's it's great for referencing referencing stuff. Like I made a I I one hundred percent misused Esri the ArcGIS and used that to make a like D and D map from one of from our DM sketch, and so that's like that is cool. the channel, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I have the same sort of reaction to Discord. It's got um, a level of like trustworthy sort of intimacy without like being in your business, but like, you know, um, you can find communities that you want on there. I think there's a sort of a randomness element that's not not quite as easy, um, like in the sense of like someone will retweet something um, to follow someone new, but um the, that idea of interacting in good faith is something that, yeah, I've definitely experienced much more on Discord servers, even ones that have grown in the last few years, like um, the Asians represent um, that Daniel Kwan started. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that server has gotten really, really big, but it's still like like a very positive, healthy space. And it's really like I, I'm not as active on it as I was a few years ago, but it's, it's a really great space to still go on and see and um kind of see what people are doing which is really cool Um, yeah so i think it's awesome uh what asians represent is doing and and what daniel kwan's doing it's uh, i lurk on that server and Mm -hmm. uh it's just such a positive space and um it's just cool to see what everybody's working on and there's like so many projects Mm -hmm. and so many different things going on in there but it's all like very very cool yeah Um, i think also like the the moderation in discord servers is so or can be at least be so good yeah Um, and like so even if someone does start doing that toxic stuff usually you've got mods that are like on it you're out (laughs) yeah exactly it's just like goodbye and it's just like it people are people are on it because i think that probably a lot of us have grown up in very sort of toxic internet spaces so yeah we're becoming less and less tolerant of it because like um you know it's just like I'm, I'm too old for this. Like, please stop. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm too, no, like, we're too old for this. Just stop this behavior. We don't need it anymore. Yeah. Life is short. Don't feed the trolls. Yep. Exactly. 100%. Um, yeah. So we have a few minutes left according to the the counter. Um, yeah. Do you want to chat a little bit about Mastodon? Because I just keep seeing jokes about how complicated it is. And so I'm like, I haven't even started one because I'm just like, is it really worth it? Because it's been around for like a decade or so already. Yeah, it's been around for a while. I created an account a while ago, and 
I spent a little bit of time trying to figure it out. What I understand about Mastodon is the appeal is that it's decentralized. It's it's a, they call it a federated model. And so you have a whole bunch of different servers of, of Mastodon and you can join any server and talk to anybody on another server. And that's what makes it similar to Twitter is that you can talk to anybody. However, the downsides to Mastodon that I'm seeing are there's someone who started the server. There's like the server admin, server owner, whatever they call it. Um, the downside is they can see everybody's toots on Mastodon in their in their server, even if they're private. So Ooh. one, there's like a privacy concern. Two, they can boot anybody. They you know they can kind of filter the content, but they can also just nuke the server for any reason and then you lose everything you've done so okay um, that's where i'm kind of like i don't i'm not going to invest any energy into mastodon it just doesn't seem like a viable alternative and also like in terms of being able to uh do the outreach and advocacy and like you know have something you know get reposted all over the place like it seems uh it seems a, a little less I don't know. Like it doesn't have as far of a reach mm -hmm. is, is what I'm seeing. And maybe that's just a product of there's not as many users, not as, as established of, of kind of like focus networks, like archeology span Twitter is a fairly established network, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's kind of hard because people are kind of wanting, wanting a replacement when that's the whole point of having different social medias that yeah. are really a replacement for the other um but yeah it just it it they're i don't know all of these are a little bit evil and so figuring out which one makes the most sense is is really an up to you question and yeah, yeah mastodon just seems like more complicated than than what i'm looking for and it's also a good thing like you you kind of touched on already this like what am i actually looking for if anything from social media like yeah. is this actually something that that i need in my life in this way um so yeah good time to evaluate that question so. totally and then there's there's platforms that i think you know there's a lot of people in archaeology that are doing good outreach in like Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm not as familiar with, with Twitch or YouTube. Like uh, I dabble in YouTube, but it's mostly just like my cycling videos just because yeah. they're too long for Instagram. And <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, yeah, I'm, that's great. Yeah, I'm not really like doing anything productive with it, but there there are people who are doing like really amazing work with that. And uh, oh, yeah. you know, I think that's probably a good like follow-up, you know, like to try and see if we can have conversations with like, uh, or even TikTok, like Annalisa, a Annalise bear is, is, you know, viral on TikTok with her archeology span content. Um, and then there's like, uh, Tash archeo digging with Raven. Um, Amelia doll does a lot of like crossover, um, deaf community advocacy oh, yeah, yeah. with archeology. span I think that's really cool. And on Instagram, there's like Chelsea Reedy is doing um, the cycling archaeologist um, stuff. Yeah, there's a like, yeah, there's a good amount. I think of folks also doing stuff like uh, Arch, Arch Inc. on on Instagram as well. Uh, mm -hmm. More like archaeology illustrators. Um, I just personally never really got onto Instagram except for doing like Aikido stuff, and so uh -huh. I I am not 
um, because I didn't want to put too much more time into social media, but it does seem like um, it's, it's not a bad spot for some of the stuff that, that we might be doing. Um, I always just wonder with like photo credits, like how that's being yeah sort of attributed especially to like artifacts and belongings and stuff like that so but yeah i don't i don't know we'll 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 see where this all goes um and yeah like, i don't know <laughs> i don't know if there's still a twitter if there is still a twitter it'll be yeah it's like everyone's like i don't know it it feels i actually have the strong urge to like see if my myspace page is still like active <laughs> um because like myspace there when myspace was like in its heyday i loved myspace it's it, yeah it's so odd like i just like i spent so much time on that actually yeah. like designing like the html for it to work yeah. and still look like a geocities page and like oh my god but um yeah, yeah. so well more to follow up on soon um yeah and thanks again for joining the podcast no problem thanks for having me chris it's always great to to be on here likewise well we'll see you yeah. next time See you later. Bye. Have All a right, good night. See ya. Bye.